playing some Yu-Gi-Oh! and now I'm here. <laughs> Living the life, man. So I do. I'm a I'm a competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! player. I don't know if you knew that. I heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. I, I like to I like to go to tournaments and stuff. <laughs> Dude, you would have loved it. Uh I think it one of the last tours we did with Lincoln, like that's literally all the guys did. Even in the van, like going down the interstates, just was games of Yu-Gi-Oh all day, every day. That's funny. It's it's pretty sad how far I've traveled for to play a card game. What's the furthest you've traveled? Texas. No shit. Yeah, it's called a YCS. Uh, so essentially, it's like you go to a regional, which a regional happens in every state. Uh, in Iowa, it usually happens over in Adventureland. And the Adventureland okay. Inn is is usually Iowa's. And then if you get if you get like the top bracket of that tournament, you go to like a YCS. And then if you do like the top in that, you'll go to like a re, like a a qualifier. And then if you do well in that, you'll go to what's called Worlds. And then you'll go to like Japan and play against like the best players in the world. Damn, that's pretty yeah, epic. Pretty wild. Yeah. Like I didn't know you were, I knew you like were into it. I just I guess I didn't know that you were that far up there. Yeah, I yeah no I got my I got cards worth like just hundreds of dollars and shit. <laughs> it's stupid. I just sold a card the other day that was worth five hundred. Oh shit. Yeah. So. Pretty wild. Damn, you're a man of many many talents, which we'll get into. <laughs> Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's All good right. to see you, Michael. I know it's been. I know it's been a while since we talked, so it's glad to, been, glad to see you kicking. And I know it's been so fucking long. I'm trying to think of the last time I actually saw you in person. Did it you did, been... you? did you go to a uh, emergencies last show? Yeah, of course. Probably that. We're, yeah, it's probably that. When we because Moonlighting played that was back when we had Wyatt still. Yeah. It was either that or I was trying to think of the time that like Moonlighting played came out to like Moline and played. I remember that night for sure. But I can't I remember that which was one. Exit's last show. Uh, did we have? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did do a last show there because Exit did two last yeah. shows. Yeah, there was that yeah. one, and then a year later, the the one that Gabe's. Right. 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 Yeah. All right, so let me, I got to do like my little intro thing here, and then we'll kind of figure we'll talk about some moonlighting, some of past experiences, and we'll get into this whole uh, Mason Reaper. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to talk about it. It's so funny, because like right before you messaged me, Brian Brian messaged me, because like Brian has been talking to me a lot more. Honestly, me and Brian talk more now than we ever have in our entire friendship, <laughs> and um I just he's just so stoked about the whole wrestling thing so it, it just it really kind of bonded us i know I, so before i got on here with you i was actually on the phone with brian and i was like oh dude it's like almost eight i gotta get stuff ready because i'm gonna 
record with TJ, and he's like, dude, we talked on the phone today and huh. about his wrestling and yeah. stuff. I'm like, I know, that's like what we're going to do. And he's like, okay, I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell you what he said because I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, I'm just so stoked for that dude. Yeah, I'm stoked for him. I, I just I just now saw that he got engaged. Yeah. Proud of that That's kid. I'm cool. proud of both those two. I love both those, those people. I've only met her like, I think I've only met her like twice ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like the nicest person ever. She deals with me <laughs> and drunk, me and Brian both drunk, so she's great. Yeah, I mean... I could definitely talk. I'll talk on the podcast about some drunk Michael stories from 2013. <laughs> Let's bring it on, dude. I, I, I would di- I, we dive into some good stories from the road. I was had a feeling those were going to come up. Hit you with a monster reborn. What is up, everyone? Uh, finally have someone else on the podcast, so it's not just me rambling for half an hour like I have been doing. I'm super stuck on this episode because I have the man, the myth, the legend, TJ Wilt. Uh, what's going on, TJ? Hey, what's going on, Michael? I'm just, you know, got off from work, uh, was playing a good few rounds of Yu-Gi-Oh!, and now I'm here to party. Hell yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, me and TJ go back at least almost not quite 10 years yet. Yeah, I I don't remember. Whenever Exit played their first show in Atumwa. So I don't even think I was there for that. The time I, I specifically remember, and this works out perfectly because I wanted to go through your whole range and your whole discography that you've done, um, was the time that me and Thomas started booking shows. It would have been like 2013-ish. And we did the show in like a bank in Tipton, and you were still estimate infinity. Right. You, right. Yes. young you and TJ, uh, you are TJ. Uh, young you and young Andy, uh, yep. that I would grow to know forever because you guys would always be there and having good times yeah. with us. Yeah, we that we were always known as the the group that everybody likes because we did a breakdown in our acoustic <laughs> set. And that's why people liked us for some reason. <laughs> I completely forgot that you guys did breakdown during that. Uh, but yeah, so you so you started at Estimate Affinity, um, and now you're in a band called Moonlighting. Uh, for people that don't know, like, what is Moonlighting? So I'd say Moonlighting is just like a good, good old alternative rock band. Uh, we just like we just like to announce that we're a rock band. Uh, we try to be the best dang rock band there is. Uh, we probably I, I wouldn't say we're like too heavy, but we're not too light. We're like right in the middle. Uh, I guess for like fans of like Super Heaven, 
basement, uh, balance and composure, kind of stuff like that, I would say. Yeah. You could almost, you could call it like a modern grunge sound too, I suppose. Yeah, I could see that. Um, that does it feel like weird for you at all from going from these like really he- heavy, like pop punk influence bands to now being in Moonlighting where it's kind of skipped over? Well, it's actually funny because me and Joel, we started a band called Evergrande and we actually played one show. It was right after Square States, not right after, but a little bit after. Um, and we played one show in Cedar Rapids with it. And I still actually miss those songs. And it was very like pop punk based. Um, and Joel was our guitar player for Moonlighting. Joel, he started writing some different riffs and stuff and was kind of getting into a different sound. And I was all about it. And uh, we had uh, our singer, Kyle, he moved to, He was living in Tennessee at the time. He moved back and him and Kyle and Joel are best friends. So they wanted to start this together. And I was just kind of lucky to be able to play bass uh, and just kind of give my input on melodies and uh, bass lines and stuff like that. Um, I was really excited to do something new, though. Like at the time, I was like, I'm very over writing all these like poppy kind of like things uh i was really excited to start something that was different and i've been in like porch swing and stuff like that but at the time like tyler did a lot of the writings for that stuff so uh it was nice to just do something different for the first time in a great while so i was really stoked on it i'm still really stoked on moonlighting and the things that we've accomplished with it that's awesome uh yeah because i i had remembered that kyle was living in tennessee so uh, it was kind of nice to see like everything back to like this new sound and everything like that. Um, speaking of like, cause like I had mentioned, I knew you for SM infinity square States Treehouse. Um, what other, I can't remember if there was a, a, another name for that. Say, cause you guys were Treehouse and then square States, but it was the same lineup. Yeah. We, pretty much, right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. We changed like bass players throughout that time. Uh, we changed, we got Lincoln when we started Treehouse. Um, Lincoln, an old friend of me and Michael's here for everyone listening. Um, it's weird because I'm trying to talk to like you, but I'm, I'm trying to remember that there's also like a, like a bass out there that might be listening. So <laughs> I'm, I'm new to podcasts. Everybody. It's, you get the hang um, of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were Treehouse. And then there was a reggae band that was pretty much like sent us like a cease and desist for the name. So we just switched to square States. I'm not sure where square States like came from. I'm pretty sure that none of us actually liked that name, but we just like, I think like it was like an idea and we all didn't like hate it. And we just wanted to change the name quick. So we, we went with square States, but we were still the same songs and, I mean, we did that forever. Like we estimate infinity turned into square States, but we still kept, like I think two of the songs from Estimate Infinity, and we we played a, a decent amount of shows. Yeah, I mean, you guys did the the three day run with us and Exit. Um, you guys did some other runs, I think, with a Better Reality. Like, and and it it's it is funny that you mentioned like Estimate Infinity became Square States because in general that I do remember like some songs always like got transferred for which band you were in. Like, you know which one I'm talking about specifically. Why is it? 
Yeah. Because why is everything really uh, abstract, TJ? That's what the people really came here to listen to and find out. Because what is really abstract about everything going on? You know, what's funny about that is I feel, you know, actually it's not even funny. It's sad. If, if you were to say that now at a show, everybody would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's sad. Cause that just means I'm old and everybody got old and grew up and, and, and people and my friends that were in bands aren't bands anymore because they're having a real life. And it just, life got sad, man. We got old. Dude, I, I totally understand. I, the last like few times when I started getting back into shows at games, I walk in and, felt super old and I didn't know anybody there which was sucked but it was kind of nice because it's like a whole another generation of people out there doing music but I, at the same time I was like oh what do I do here I think I think it's time to bring back the Iowa Alliance <laughs> Thomas is running it now uh, it's, it's indie artist now so neither one of us live in Iowa anymore Oh, where do you live now? I didn't know that, actually. Uh, I live in Minneapolis now. Oh, right on. Yeah. Sick. And then, like, even going back to Estimate Infinity, and I'm sure it's, like, changed since then, but, like, what really got you into wanting to do music? Like, in the first place? Um, yeah, in the first place, and then I'm sure it's changed over the years. So I mean, yeah, I'm sure you got different influences now too. Yeah, so I grew up with uh, my mother. She sang a lot growing up, and I I kind of just like attached myself to that in a way. I also started singing more so just for fun and stuff like that. And uh, I guess like you know, like long story short. Um, I just, I just kind of, I wanted to play the drums. I, I never wanted to play guitar, and I got a guitar for Christmas one year on my 14th birthday, actually. And I learned, uh, damn it, by Blink 182, and it's kind of just uphill from there, uphill then downhill. <laughs> uh, so it was just, I don't know. I just thought it was cool in terms of like being in a band. As cheesy as it sounds, I thought it was something I could like never do. Like I'm from a town where like stuff doesn't really like happen <laughs> like there's no music scene there isn't anything like that uh so i met like eventually i i, I was playing like just a lot of acoustic songs and stuff like later down the line like, like learning guitar and stuff like that because i stuck with it for quite a long time i didn't really have a lot of friends to play with or anything like that but uh i met like a, a local promoter who is now the guitar player of my current band his name is joel he was doing a lot of shows and uh, he came to me. I'm not exactly sure how he knew me. It's probably through an old mutual friend, Wyatt, that we had because we were we went to school together. And he asked if I knew any bands, and I didn't really. I didn't. I had no idea. I was oblivious to it all. But I started. He booked my first acoustic show ever because I said I wanted to play. So I, I just played covers too. I didn't have like originals or anything like that. And so that started that. And then. Estimate Infinity was my friend Andy and two of his other friends, and they just kind of like were like messing around, and uh, they wrote right they wrote songs and stuff like that, and I joined in on them because they had another person leave, which I don't even know if you knew that, but Estimate Infinity was never just me, Andy, and my friend Gunner. I was never in it originally. Fun fact: and, I did um, not know that. 
Yeah, it's. I, I was not actually originally in it. Uh, they had another guy in it, and I'm blanking on his name. Blake, I think his name was. And um, yeah, he he just kind of like stopped caring because, like I said, it wasn't like anything. They weren't doing shows or anything. They didn't really know how to. And by the time I got in there. I started doing a couple acoustic shows with that local promoter that was kind of like that I befriended. And again, his name is Joel and, uh, Joel put us on some shows and people really liked us. I think it was just more so for like our attitude. We were like this weird two piece acoustic act with a weird guy in the middle singing. And, uh, it was cool. I think, you know, we, we, we started drawing some friends and stuff like that. And that's probably why we got booked. And we had like a weird gimmick. We were very gimmicky about how we did things. Uh, like I would play a ukulele in a song or like if our singer didn't show up, we, we, one time we drew a picture of him and just set him in the middle of the room or the middle of the stage acting as if he was there. We, we, we did jokes. We like, we had a poll one time that was just like, who are we going to throw a pie in the face? Who's going to get the, a pie in the face at the next show and stuff like that. So we were just, I think maybe that's why people like this. Um, and uh, yeah. So that's how, like at least that, aspect of me starting to branch out and do shows uh i really owe a lot to my friend joel buckaloo who was the local promoter for like the midwest iowa scene for quite a while and because uh, he's the one that kind of helped me learn how how to get started with it and start actually getting in front of a crowd and performing cool shout out to joe shout out, shout out to joel for making that happen uh yeah. i haven't seen that dude in a long time but i'm so happy that he made that connection with you and brought you into everyone's lives and, and getting to see you kind of like grow with between everything has always been amazing. So. Right on. I appreciate it. I've, I've definitely kept, I've definitely kept going in some fashion or form, like whether it be with like that or my solo stuff, I've, 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 I've done something that has been like a big deal to me at least with, progression you know what i'm trying to say like yeah. i've I've, I've accomplished some things that are pretty cool like so like, at least I, I could never just like roll over and say like i never accomplished anything i'm trying you know i try to stay positive and be like hey you know i got to do this and this you know i got to be in a video game i got to <laughs> like, stuff yeah like that. that's right and we'll we'll get into that here i completely forgot about that uh, but yeah like you're knocking all this shit off like your list that most people like want to do and never seem to have the drive to do like there's things that i definitely want to do but i've never gone out and like set myself to do it and you're out here i feel like killing it every time so like props to you man well i i really appreciate that i i really think what it is is like i want to do something and then i tell myself there's no way i can actually do this it's either because of like a physical attribute or a money attribute or the fact that I live in a crap old town with a crap old job attribute. But then like I'll turn around and like, just do it and just do it anyway. And just be like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> do it. And then I, I jump into things essentially is what I'm saying. And, um, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's probably pretty bad because that's how every, every big decision I've ever made was at first me saying, no, there's no way I could do that. And then, and then I just do it anyway. Uh, so I guess, I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but so speaking of you guys getting into video game, for people that don't know, Moonlighting had a song featured on 
What was it? Uh, NASCAR the... Heat 3. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Had you say it. You know, got to yeah. get those uh, sponsorships. Um, they're not yeah, we, we, ended up, we ended up getting... They, they did mail us um, hats and shirts, though. So uh, we asked for it. Like, they weren't going to do it. We just were like, hey, we're going to... Can we get some some swag and they, they <laughs> sent it they did they were they sent us some stuff that's all like how did you guys like did you guys have to just submit for it and just hope that it was going to happen yeah they were having like a, like a like a contest essentially they were like hey like send us a track and you know maybe we'll pick it and uh, stuff like that and uh this is back in 2019 so just last year uh, I remember Joel like, at the time all we had were like crappy demos we didn't even have like our like EP that's like on Spotify and stuff now um, we just had these crap and I was so mad at Joel for even like thinking like he's like dude I'm like why would we send in a crappy why would you think they would pick us we're gonna send in a crappy demo when you got all these big bands and probably sending them tracks and uh, we had a song that had an intro and like it goes into the song but they weren't like separate it was all in like one file like one song right that's how the demo worked so he 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 like he kept bug he kind of bugged me about it and he's like will you um cut out the intro and like fade into the song and i'm just like oh so not only do you want to send a choppy demo but you want to send it like edited with the intro cut out of it and you want me just to add some cheesy fade in into it and um i was against it but he he we he submitted it and uh, by God we got an email that said congrats like <laughs> so like I I you know I he uses that a lot still to this day it's like if we're arguing about something he'll be like hey well remember when I was right about sending in the the demo so, <laughs> I guess uh, yeah the guys just really liked it and what they did is I think they just kind of like turned up like they they did some like magic on their end with it and like turned like made it louder and like. I don't know. If, I think I think we got it like mastered, uh, it, but it was still pretty cool. We ended up re-recording the song that's in that game for our EP anyway when we went to a professional studio and whatnot. Yeah, but yeah I, you know, like in the end, yeah, we we got picked and we're in a. Like, I remember when it, the game came out, I would go to Walmart and see it on the shelves, and I would just be like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I thought it was pretty amazing because. I always have like friends that are like, oh, I want to like try and get this submitted or something like that, but to like see it come through, it's pretty tight. And then you guys had like a whole like party kind of like mini show party for the actual release of the game too, didn't you? Yeah, we had a yeah. We, I, we thought it was a good opportunity to just like throw a show together and be like, just like it was like the day the game was released. We had like the game on a projector. We played at this place called the the Art. Like it was like an art studio. I'm not exactly sure on the exact name, but it was in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And we had a projector with the games. So people could come over and like play the game, like sit on the couch, play the game, watch the show. We had a couple bands play. It was pretty, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of that EP uh, called Tell Me a Secret that you guys released last year, um, since then, like what's in the works for, for now? Like have you guys been... Oh, you know, unfortunately, because of like COVID, things definitely slowed down. I'm sure that's going to be the first sentence most bands would probably say right now. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of th- so the things slowed down, but we're we still got a lot of things in the work. We got some new songs. Um, we're talk in talks right now about recording a new song possibly here soon. Our drummer he just recently had a, a new baby, so he's been kind of handling that too. He's kind of like probably more grown up than the other three of us, honestly. He's got like a wife and two kids now, and like we're over here just like trying to write music and sleep on people's floors in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> So like, like in the in the end with like like currently with moonlighting like we, we we still talk like all the time and we have like a group chat that we're always talking in and like I said we got some new songs in the works we're really excited about and uh, just kind of hoping a lot of this will start calming down so we can start you know getting getting at it again we uh, we we got some merch we got some like crewnecks and stuff that sold really well so. We're just, you know, saving up some money and hopefully going to record some a new song here soon and just kind of doing what we can at the moment. That's tight. Uh, well, I'm sure if anything you guys come up with next is even the same level or better than Tell Me a Secret, like, it's going to be sick. Um, I I jammed it a lot the other day once we kind of locked everything in and, like, it's good stuff. Like, stoked on quality. Thanks, like, you guys Michael. are killing it, so... Thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we went to Griffin Landa at the establishment up in Des Moines. The same guy that works with uh, a couple of Corey Taylor's stuff, and he's recorded a lot of uh, really good like metal bands and stuff in the area. So, pretty good. Yeah. So now we're going to kind of take a, a little bit of a turn here. Uh, we talked about your music and everything going on, but also recently you did something that is like a new pathway in your life. Uh, you recently attended the Impact Pro Wrestling School in Des Moines, and you graduated. And then you also, today's Monday, yesterday was Sunday, yesterday debuted your, you debuted for the first time on on their wrestling program, um, going by Mason Reaper for everyone that doesn't know. One, first of all, Congratulations match was sick um, thank you i appreciate like, I was so it stoked for you uh also that was a really cool way to like i've seen like lumberjack matches and like kind of like rumble matches but like seeing that one how they had it set up was a little bit different than what i was used to so i really enjoyed it yeah we were, it was like a yeah it was like elements of a royal rumble a battle royal and a lumberjack match all together and mixed yeah. in one um so first of all i guess the where we should start is who is Mason Reaper? Well, well, um, you know, so what I really liked growing up, and this is like, I'm really bad with certain questions because you'll ask me a question and then like, I will like, I'll start like answering without actually answering until I eventually <laughs> lead to the point where I get to the answer. But uh, I'm going to do that anyway. Uh, I wanted to do wrestling when I was a lot younger and uh, I just never, I just never thought I could actually do it, especially because I felt like I was a pretty hefty guy. I'm still a pretty hefty guy, but like uh, I just eventually kind of got out of it. But I'd say back like in like 2017, 2018, I started getting back into wrestling again and just like just the entertainment aspect of it. Uh, growing up, <sighs> my like, favorite wrestlers were like, you kind of like the monsters, like, you know, your cane, 
your Undertaker, your big your big show. Yeah, here's your bigger dudes and overall. It's like Rey Mysterio being the oddball out who that like introduced me into like luchador like style wrestling that like I just like fell in love with. I fell in love with just like that whole masked character gimmick. Um stuff like that. And, like and Kane was like a big one. I love his story. Uh still to this day, like I, I still have I have like saved pictures of like 1997 Kane like on my phone just because like I just thought he was freaking sick, dude. Um, so like who like who is Mason Reaper? So you know it's funny is when I when I was like, t- like going through the school and whatnot, uh, I was training and stuff like that. I actually had this idea in my head of being like JT Slick, and I was gonna just be like this like the Miz kind of character, this like, like snobby, like I'm better than everybody else kind of character. But then I was like, that's not me, man. Like, and I was like, I was even like practicing like things I would say in the ring and stuff like that. I felt, it felt really corny. Cause like, if you, if you're not careful, like wrestling can be really corny. Like I think current WWE stuff is like really corny. Yeah. It's like, it's just not, I, maybe I just sound old and almost 30, but it's just not the attitude era, man. And that's just, I loved like that. Like, that was like storylines and stuff. That was great. Um, but who, is, so I wanted, like, I was, I was having, like, I legitimately was like staying up at night. I could not sleep because I couldn't figure like a, a great persona. And then I wanted to do this like weird, eventually, like it finally hit me that I was like, no matter what, I've decided I want to wear a mask. Cause like, like I said, because of like people like Kane and like Rey Mysterio, like I loved like that mask wrestling culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, at first I was just going to wear a mask to the ring and then, uh, I would just take it off when I was going to wrestle. But then I was like, eh, you know what, if I'm going to get a mask, I might as well go the whole nine yards. So I got my mask and it, I, I got it designed. I had like, I had my friend Joey who's done like all my like designs for like all my bands, like almost my entire music career. He, uh, I asked him to make me a, a design a mask for me. And I kind of told him like a color scheme and I told him, I was like, just think like scary, like kind of like the undertaker uh, and Kane mixed together. Something that I, cause I realized I kind of, at, at a point I was like, if I'm going to wear a mask. I kind of want to be creepy. Cause like, like, you know, like Kane and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, he sent me back like a, just like a picture of like the mask and it was, it was really tight and I was excited about it. So I still didn't even know exactly who I wanted to like be at that point. But, uh, I was really scared about like copying either like the undertaker or Kane too much. But then I got to a point where it's like, I'm trying to have fun. I'm just going to do what the heck I want. So, um, uh, Mason Reaper is just like a big, grim reaper gimmick in a sense he is uh pretty much knight rider for marvel okay that is like that is actually the best way i can like talk about it like mason reaper is he's the collector of souls he's the he, he's the one that's going to change the ipw he's going to go in and uh be a character that none of them have seen before and he's gonna hope to dominate and take the belt i'm stoked i i hope it happens uh just for the the part that you were in for for Sunday's matches, um, you came in. I felt super strong. Uh, you, I mean, you had the the double choke slam, which was pretty sick. And then you, uh, then Mason also had the the choke slam uh, to eliminate the the one other contender for the, for the match um, as he went outside the ring. 
two two yep. solid performances uh just right there not even talking about the rest of what you did but i it was done really well i felt like so i we're all super stoked for you tj like and to see hey, where thanks. this mason reaper character goes yeah like i i can't believe i like am doing it I can't believe I'm doing it. Yeah, that's the best way. Like, cause like I went through a big significant. I guess the main thing that made me go into it was uh, I went through a big significant weight loss journey. I was like 400 pounds, and now I'm like sitting at like 235 ish. Um, for a solid year, I was like working on my health and stuff like that, and I got really lazy. I was trying to think like I didn't really get into football. I didn't get into like you know anything like that like i like shooting hoops and stuff like that but i didn't get into like baseball or anything like that i wasn't really a big sports guy so i thought if there was one thing that might keep me like healthy it would be pro wrestling because it was like the only like sports activity i ever could have like got myself into um and so yeah i went for it i went for like an open gym kind of thing and met a lot of the guys met the owner met the trainer they were all great guys and uh, I started training that like two weeks later. But, yeah, that's. I mean, it kind of goes back to like your whole mentality where you're kind of like, can is this something I can do? And then, because I remember you had asked or post about it on on Facebook, saying like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Should I do it? And then it felt like just right away you were already in it, like getting getting things done. So. Yeah. No. Like I wanted to do it. I. I was hoping everybody would tell me not to do it, but too many people <laughs> told me to do it, and I just suck at peer pressure, so I just went for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, with the whole school and everything, like, they allow you to kind of create your own character. It's not anything where they're like, oh, we need to fill, like, this kind of gap. Like, we need more of a villain character so, like, oh, you no, can no. go do that and stuff like that. Yeah, no, they're super cool if, like... Uh, you pick like what you want to be and we'll help guide it the best. Like, like, yeah, like I pretty much said like who I wanted to be. I said, I just kind of want to be like a monster and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, great. And like, they're, they're really helpful with like, uh, I'm working with a new trainer now because essentially like the first like four months were like learning how to wrestle and how to be safe with your opponent and stuff like that. And like the next four months are pretty much like character development and like persona and personality and promos and stuff like that. So so it's like by the time you finish your four months, you should probably have like a good character in mind. And then like the new trainer is there to like uh, show you some moves that you want to learn specifically for your character. Like obviously for me, I'm a monster. So I want to do a lot of like high bumps. So that's like, you know, like your spine busters, your choke slams, your power bombs, your sidewalk slams, you know, your stuff like that. Yeah. Because that's what my character is going to be like doing. He's going to be doing a lot of like monstery things. Yep. Which makes sense. Um, I do have a yeah, fan yeah. question here. Uh, by fan, I mean Brian Martinez. Uh, I was supposed to ask yeah. you how to take a bump. <laughs> how to take a bump. Okay, so what a bump in wrestling is, and maybe I'm giving away the goods here. I don't know if I <laughs> should be. But I'm going to, uh, between you, me, and the viewers, you know, don't listen, uh, IPW. Uh, <laughs> a bump is, so you... Uh, just hit the mat it's like anytime a wrestler hits the mat that's what's called a bump so like if you get suplexed you took a bump if you uh if you got clotheslined and you you know you're falling to the mat that's a bump if you uh if you uh got thrown off the top rope well that's a bump um 
So what you want to do for like a basic bump is you want to just uh, fall to your back, which is odd because, you know, you wouldn't think your brain isn't going to really like let you just like fall backwards without trying to stop yourself. If you want to like fall to your like mid or mid to higher back, uh, you want to throw your legs out and like kind of kick them up and you want to attack the mat with both arms. So when you sm- so you want to like smack the mat with at the same time that you land so that it makes a loud noise because that's what, that's what the crowd wants to hear. They want to hear, yeah. you know, a loud bang because it, it, it hypes them up and because it like distributes like the impact throughout your whole body. So like when, when you, when you, when you like fall, you want to like smack. So it's like going through every ounce of you. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no. Yeah. That makes total sense. Uh, well, you heard it here, fo- here first, folks. Uh, that's how you do it. Don't try it at home. Uh, just keep watching IPW from the vault. Uh, you guys are doing episodes, what, every every month? Every right other now? Sunday. Every, every, other, every Sunday. other Sunday. Yep. Um, and you can find that right on their Facebook page, um, which was super easy to find, Impact Pro Wrestling, or they, they might be IPW on Facebook. I can't fully remember, but... There's, I think there's no, there's two, there's two, there's one that's like the Impact Pro Wrestling training facility, and that's for like people that are interested in like going to like, in getting training, and then there's the actual Impact Pro Wrestling page. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's I think it's under Impact Pro Wrestling. Yeah. But you can find it there. They live stream the episodes. Donate. They're taking donations to help uh, keep everything going and and getting these wrestlers paid. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be tuning in for the next one, mainly because I want to see where the where Mason Reaper goes from here. Uh, yeah, so me yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> I, dude, I know there's so many people that are stoked for, to see where you go with this. So I know it's it's pretty it's pretty wild too, because like you get, you know, as you grow up, you know, you lose, you feel like you lose a lot of friends, and um, like and I'm, I'm, people were stoked about like my music, because like I did my solo stuff pretty much after like. Uh, like Square States ended. I was in Moonlighting, but there for a while I was really focused on my solo acoustic stuff. Like I was, I did a, I did a solo run uh, with another artist where we just kind of like did some Midwest shows and like I, I put out my like solo acoustic EP, which I guess I forgot to mention. And um, I, I did a show with Drake Bell, and that was cool. Like he's he, that he he was really nice to me, so that's all I care about. Um, <laughs> He was, that was, that was pretty, although he's kind of a crappy dude apparently, so that sucks to hear. But um, so that, I mean that was cool, and like people were hyped on me for that and stuff like that. But it's it's what's weird is like I feel like I lost a lot of people because like I said, you, you know, you grow up and you, you you know friends move away. Like you moved to Minneapolis, and like you know Thomas moved to California. Uh, one of my closest friends, you know, like Tyler Stodgill, he like he he like he's up in like Des Moines and stuff like that, and. I'm kind of stuck here in a tumble, and so you just kind of lose. You just kind of you don't lose friendship. You just but you just kind of like people grow up and do different things. Yeah. But when I started doing this wrestling thing, when I actually started doing it, I started posting like videos of me at the training facility. Which fun fact, don't ever do because you'll it's not allowed to post stuff from the vaults, and I learned <laughs> that the hard way. And um, uh people like it just erupted like i got like messages from people i haven't heard from in years i got like comments from people that i didn't think i would i I would i didn't know i would still call a friend 
that were just so stoked on me doing it and like to a point where it's like like higher than like if i'd like were to put out like a small acoustic album or something like that people have been hitting you know it, it was like higher than that they were just like oh my god like you're wrestling now like dude tell me all about it it's just it's <laughs> wild to like get to hear from so many people that i didn't know would still like care i guess so it, it, it's been pretty cool yeah i mean just seeing all the likes that like are hitting your page for for different things so i mean yeah it's been, I'm it's been really great i yeah um so now to yeah, the, i created my uh if anybody out there wants to no I'm go sorry, ahead i was gonna say no, if anybody anybody out there wants to follow my mason reaper character on instagram and facebook give your boy a like and a follow <laughs> And I'll post the link to the Mason Reaper Facebook page in the comments of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but now to kind of like the, as we kind of wind down this episode, we get to the point where I usually ask, do you have any fun stories from uh, any tours you've done, any shows you've done, uh, anything that, because uh, this, 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 these episodes are always about having like good times um so yeah you got any good stories for us tj i'm trying to think of like an old one and like just like the most recent one i'm trying to think of like just to give a good balance um i'm trying to think of a good new one um good stories because the last run we did my good pal tyler booked it for us it was only like it was like only four days. It was just like, night. It was more of a run than a tour. I hate saying tour. Um, but um, blanking. I know the last run that we did was like super great. We met, we met like a bunch of really good bands um, in, in like a different genre. Like I said, like I've always went out with like more of a pop punk sound. So it, it was so cool to like like talk with other bands in different genres and stuff like that. Because that was kind of new to me. Uh, like we, we befriended a band called like sun title and, uh, they were really cool. They're pretty, pretty sick. Uh, we got to experience, we all for all of us and all of us being almost 30 years old, uh, we got to experience sleeping on hardwood floors again. So that was cool to get back into doing that. Yeah. Uh, so just, just in general, that was a good time. Uh, just trying to think. Uh, I mean, we almost saw a fight, I guess. I know that's probably boring to say, but we were like, where were we? We were in Ch- close to Ch- Elgin, Elgin, Illinois. And we were like in front of this barber shop, and these two dudes just started like going at it. And so that was cool. Um, other than that, yeah, there haven't been anything too weird, I suppose, on the last uh, couple runs we did. But uh, I guess for an old one, do you remember that time when we were driving to Waffle House and Michael was drunk off his butt? And we arrived at a Waffle House. It was probably like 2014. I don't even remember. Uh, we were, Michael was like super drunk and he just kept trying to kiss everybody. <laughs> and um, we get to this Waffle House and you kept like, I don't remember exactly well, super well, but I remember you kept like slamming the door, but it wouldn't shut. And you were like, why won't this door shut? And you're like, you're, you were literally slamming the door on your leg. You're, and, uh, and I don't remember, I, I don't remember, because this turned into a huge joke, 
like still honestly me and joel will still say it every blue moon and i don't remember exactly what the context was but you were you kept trying to shut the door on your leg or something and you like you turned to like somebody again i don't remember who and you were just like hey get the door (laughs) (laughs) so like honest to god me and joel still like like if we leave a door open we'll be like hey get the door (laughs) we'll still like joke like you're still in our hearts michael because we still quote that even though we don't even remember exactly what happened other than you kept slamming the the van door on your leg and saying it wouldn't shut yeah surprisingly i didn't have like a bruise or any pain from slamming the door on my on my feet or my legs uh yeah but goddamn missouri wins every time that's all i gotta say (laughs) i understand i guess why oh you saying that actually i remember now we played in Wisconsin. It was the first time I ever played in Madison, Wisconsin. We went to see Chris Farley's gravesite. That's what we did with moonlighting uh, on our last run, I believe. That was pretty tight because we we literally were like on the way. We're like, what's in Madison, Wisconsin, other than like it being like the number one party school? <laughs> and oh my god, was was it a number one party school? Because like we played at this dude's like basement and like this in this like very populated area, and everybody was just getting crazy like there were dudes like on like, on roofs there was people passed out and their lawns everywhere like <laughs> it was it was pretty wild it was pr- probably like the most unprofessional yet still pretty fun shows that like i've ever been a part of <laughs> so i guess that's not a great story per se but like let me tell you you know madison wisconsin what's up <laughs> <laughs> i, I didn't realize that they were that much of a party school but yeah know. i yeah, I'm pretty, I, I don't remember. I thought it was, like, the number one party school. I don't know if it's still that or if I'm just literally crazy, but I know it was up there. Tight. Um, uh, so we know where to find Mason Reaper and where to, to see him next for the next show. Um, where can people find all things good moonlighting-wise? So we got a Twitter account, you know, your, your basic social media, your Twitter, your Instagram, just Moonlighting IA for Twitter and Instagram, I believe. Um, just, you know, if you like some good old, good old rock music, you know, we're here to please, you know, we're here to bring the riffs. And then um, you, you did uh, kind of glance over, you do have some solo stuff out there uh, by the, the name of TJ Wilt and his guitar. Uh, which is also some solid stuff that I suggest everyone check out as well. Yeah, I did drop the and his guitar back in like 2014, but it's just TJ Will. But no, it'll always be TJ Will and his guitar. Yeah, good old, good old jokes. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I still, I mean, I don't even hear like TJ's butt cheeks. I don't even like, you know, how long it's been since I've heard like that name. Yeah, dude, I was actually, like, digging through a bunch of stuff, seeing if I could find all those old songs, but I can't find them anywhere. I'm sure. I, I think it's still on YouTube, probably. I'm going to say hard probably. I'll do some more digging. If I can find it, it'll get posted. All right. I'll be like, this guy is now Mason Reaper. This is what happens this guy. when you live in pop punk too long. Yeah, I was trying to – I've been, like, messaging bands lately, and I've been like, hey – let me wear my wrestling gear in your music video. <laughs> like somebody, somebody let me choke slam them in their music video. <laughs> I told Dude, that Brian that. Yeah, it would. Too bad uh, timing didn't work out, and you could have been in 
in uh, the new Levy music video. I know. It's funny about that. I messaged Brian. Like, hey, Brian, you guys should do a music video in a wrestling ring. And he was like, yeah, that's the goal. And I'm just like, and then like two weeks later, he like posted the video of them in a wrestling <laughs> ring. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I didn't I know think, you already had that planned. Yeah, I think you mentioned that to me, that like you had, were both talking about like the same thing. And then it just happened to like coincide. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, well, TJ, it was nice catching up. Thank you for, for gracing these airwaves with me. Um, stoked for, for you and your wrestling career. I'm stoked to see where Mason Reaper goes and to see what's coming out next for Moonlighting and, and seeing as continue that adventure and hopefully COVID goes the fuck away so you guys can come up here and, and jam out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any last words for the viewers? I mean, listeners? They can't see shit, so. Um, hey, you know, you can be a king or a little street sweeper, <laughs> but sooner or later, you're all going to be dancing with the Reaper. That's all I got. That's my thing. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so you heard it here. Oh, yeah. You know where to check them out. Uh, go like the Facebook's pages. Um, just be ready because Mason Reaper is going to take over. And if you prepare yourself now, you'll be situated. Otherwise, he's going to come knocking down your door, you know? Yeah, the Reaper's knocking. Yeah. So, well, TJ, thank you. Uh, Sick. Well, thanks, Michael. I really appreciate it. Uh, it was fun to get to do something like this. I haven't got to do something like this before, so. Yeah, dude. I'm stoked that you wanted to do it and stoked that we finally set up a time and got to talk to you and about all this stuff. Um, I, I, I'm, I am super, honestly, super stoked for, for everything you got going on between like you working out all the time, uh, dropping those LBs to, to now kicking butt in the ring. Like you're killing yeah, it, dude. I, I did, yeah. I lost like 150 pounds and I got cardio pretty much out of the way I, I just now recently started like actually like weightlifting because like now like uh i i'm, I'm trying to be this monster gimmick but i'm now i'm just kind of like flabby so i'm trying to build some muscle now so i can that's what my <laughs> trainer told me he's like if you he's like i don't know if you want to actually have a career in this but if you do and you want to have this character you need to bulk the fuck up and i was <laughs> like fair enough fair enough <laughs> like what was the hardest part about doing all that was it was it mainly just like changing your your diet lifestyle or was it also oh, doing yeah, cardio like, in, in with that so i i guess i mean i guess i could have talked about this on the cast too um i so you know the, i hate saying what i did because like a, it's like a big eye roll but i did i did do keto for about 13 months i'm about 13 months strong right now august september oh no 14 months about 14 months strong right now and um, I, on top of that, I would burn like an extra 500 calories like five days a week. So four or five days a week, I try to do five. So at the, And that doesn't count like working and just like your usual activity. Like I would go out of my way to burn an extra 500 calories on top of eating low carb. Damn. And that worked. The first like, the first like 
I'd say six months, I lost a fuck ton of weight, like a fuck ton. But then, like the the next six months, like the first, the first, uh, the first six months, I lost probably like 110 pounds. In the first six months, like it was wild. It was probably unhealthy. I was doing it at an unhealthy rate, actually. But then, like the next six months, I only lost like 30 pounds. So it's it's wild. I don't know. So I got so I kind of got lazy, and that's why I got into wrestling because I thought wrestling would like continue to keep me like wanting to stay motivated into a more even though i'm flabby as fuck still uh, a more fit lifestyle yeah and then how many times a week do you get do you guys like uh train at the studio uh well when we were when i was during the training it was two days a week it was saturdays for like um saturdays were like the big learning days saturdays were like uh 10 a.m to 5 p.m just like you better come fucking ready and bring some drink, like drinks with you because it's going to be a long one. And then Tuesdays, we'd come back on Tuesdays, and uh, those were just like review days. So we'd only be there for like three hours on Tuesdays. Damn. Sorry, go ahead. We had to learn a lot in kind of a short period of time. We essentially had to like learn like we pretty much we just learned the basics and like if we want to learn more that's kind of like what this next four months is about and if you want to learn more you have to go to like do camps and stuff like that they have like seminars and stuff like that damn like so for those next four months is it still going to be like a saturday tuesday thing or do they have you bumping up for more time it's uh just sundays now and essentially what it is is like it's called an open gym like once you like finish the program you can get with all the other wrestlers and all wrestler, any, like anybody who's like finished the program can come on a Sunday and they can all just like meet each other and just like learn moves and like practice on each other and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So you can kind of like learn from everyone else, like kind of different techniques is to do stuff rather than doing it just one way. I would say. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I can't remember who, I, I think I might've been talking to Brian. So with those rings, they're not like as, like they're so bouncy because they have like basically one two long boards running across, but they're not as like forgiving as you would like assume them to be, right? Yeah, like the IPW ring is actually not the ring that they take for shows. Uh, the the ring they take for shows is a lot nicer, and the one we train in is a lot harder hmm. because I I don't know if there's like a real rhyme or reason to it. I don't know if it's because like it's like well if you can't handle this then you can't handle right like and then you can't handle wrestling kind of thing. Or if it's like, you're going to train on this hard ass ring. And then if you can get that, if you're done with this, it's just going to get uphill from there kind of thing. I don't know exactly their motto on that, but right now we're the, the IPW inside the, the training facility gym ring is like, it's just like, there's a little bit of spring to it, but it's just like a fucking wrestling mat and you're, you're slamming, you're getting slammed down. Damn. And then, yeah. uh, how do they decide like who gets to, like kind of go on the road to because i know ipw i think they did um they do like county fairs and stuff like that right yeah they do a lot of that stuff i haven't learned a whole lot about how all that works yet because since i've been in it's covid has been a thing so i don't know how i really don't know how the whole with the audience is how it's gonna be or anything like that quite yet yeah well i i guarantee well because the only reason i brought that up is because uh Brian, so Lovey's song, Use Your Body as a Weapon, that started because me and Brian went to our county fair, and IPW was was wrestling that night, and Brian just drunkenly kept yelling, use your body as a weapon. So I was, like, more hinting, like, 
if that ever if we ever get to do something like that again and you're at our county fair and we find out like i will go back just to be in that atmosphere again for that yeah i was telling brian like uh, when i was talking to him earlier i was like brian you know i can i was like i realize you live far away because like the school the school actually is in des moines it's in collins iowa which is like a little past des moines it's like closer to ames oh okay but and i was like i know you're pretty probably pretty far from ames but i was like if you ever want to come to one of these ipw shows like i can i can probably get you in like i can and he he said he'd think about it and stuff but i'm sure he actually won't but like no like he because he brought that up to me on the phone too he was about how you can like bring in like one person and yeah like well i i've seen other people do it so i don't know why i couldn't do it like yeah. there's a couple girl wrestlers and they'll, they'll bring their boyfriends and i'm just like okay well then i can bring somebody i think right but yeah, yeah. he definitely would would go like because he's just as stoked for all of this that as as like everyone else. oh yeah like like i said i don't, I don't know me and Brian definitely bonded a lot more once he heard I was going to wrestling. Like Brian's obviously always been a really nice dude and like a good friend, but like we didn't really, like really hit it. I, it's hard to say because like like I said, we've we've always been like close, but not if that makes sense. But I feel like this doing the wrestling stuff really bonded us all together a lot more. If that makes any sense? No, yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. Like, there's some people that I know through the music industry like me and you weren't like super close back then um but i wouldn't say like i don't know like yes i i completely understand what you're how you're wording and then i just didn't go yeah yeah words hard yeah no i get it no exactly yeah (laughs) but i don't know i'm like i said i'm super stoked with everything that you got going on and keep killing it dude Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Fuck, like my attire alone is good. Like, I don't have it fully made yet, but because uh, what I wore Sunday, that was just like what I what I had. Um, I just I bought some black legging. I bought some costume boots, not even real boots. Like cost like Halloween costume wrestling boots. Um, I bought some black leggings that I just painted mason reaper on the sides and i had my mason reaper t-shirt and my mask i had my mask that cost like 150 bucks to get uh made um but other than that i didn't have like an actual attire so i had what i wore someday is just what i can muster up damn well i so yeah yeah i, I don't know I, my, what? Sorry. Go ahead. My, no, you're good. My tire is gonna end up being like once because I'm getting it like fully like made right now. So my tire is gonna end up being like five hundred bucks, if Shit. not more. Is it all yeah, gonna? Just for like, are you gonna st- still go with like the same all black leggings, or is it gonna be more incorporating yeah, like your colors? Yeah, more incorporating my colors and probably putting like something on my butt. Um, it's still going to be like black, purple, and white. Essentially, is going to be the color scheme. I'm thinking about it because like my hair, my hair is kind of like this greeny blue right now, and I'm probably for my next match, I'm gonna dye it purple, just to like, because I'm kind of like, I'm kind of going for this like, edgy, like, I, my my main inspiration for Mason Reaper, and again, I should have said this on the podcast too, is like Corey Taylor and just like Slipknot in general. <laughs> like I was trying to just look like a member of Slip. Like I was like. I was like, how can I look like what, how do I want to look with this character? And then I was like, Oh, I know 
I want to look like I'm in Slipknot. And that's a, I essentially accomplished that. Because like you look at like some of my promos, and I said I was in Slipknot, I think people could believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So like that was like honestly like my main like how do I want to like what kind of monster do I want to look like? I want to look like like 99 Corey Taylor. Okay, cool. And then I just <laughs> kind of went with it. It makes so much more sense now. That yeah. plus the cane. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much there. <laughs> well, dude, I'll let you let you go. Uh, thank you again for being on this. Um, it means a lot seeing you grow all these years, even though I'm pretty sure you're older than I am. Uh, but still seeing you grow through all these years. Thanks, Michael. It was good to talk to you again, man. I know it's been ages. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully all this shit kind of gets figured out and you guys can come up here and, and rip a gig or something. So be tight. Yeah. But we'll see what happens next year, I guess. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully things start to kind of balance back out and we can hopefully one day see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, Michael. Again, I appreciate everything. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, man. I'll see you later. All right. See you, TJ.